Hey beautiful, you are listening to the Africana Woman podcast. I am your host Chulu. Every week I ask an Africana woman to invite us into her home to give us a snapshot into what happens behind her closed doors. I hope you will join me on this journey of discovery, revelation and self-awareness. I'm not going to lie. It may become uncomfortable sometimes. However, I encourage you to push past your unease and challenge yourself to think differently. The simple act of expanding yourself to receive the unknown may be transformational for you. This episode is brought to you by the Africana Women Visionaries. This is the premier network of female entrepreneurs of African descent. You can learn more about the visionaries and how you can be a part of this amazing group of women by visiting at Africana Woman on Instagram or Facebook. I could not let our discussion about women leaders end without addressing imposter syndrome. This is a feeling, a self-doubt, a sense of unworthiness that can set in our minds when we achieve certain aspirations. You begin to feel like a fraud and that you don't know what you're doing and then begin to fear that everyone around you can see that you are a fraud. Does this sound familiar? Well, imposter syndrome is more prevalent in women. We have to talk about it and train our feelings not to get the better of us. The Africana woman who is helping me dissect this topic is Juliana Bitarabeho from Uganda. Interestingly enough, we actually met in a space where we were the minority. At a time and space where there could have been a hundred people in that room, there were only four people of color, Juliana and myself included. So I know how easy it can be to shrink back because imposter syndrome grips you. I was so impressed by Juliana at these proceedings. So I knew she would be the perfect person to help us overcome imposter syndrome. This is a little bit more about Juliana. Juliana Bitarabejo is passionate about healthcare and her role at the East Central and Southern Africa College of Physicians, which is centered around ensuring the strategic sustainability of the college. She firmly believes that education, health, and young people are the stepping stones for our beloved continent's development. Through her volunteering work, Juliana is able to engage her passion for education and future leaders by working with students and change makers from around the globe. She currently sits on the United World Colleges International Council as well as the Uganda National Selection Committee. Juliana is also a World Economic Forum Global Shaper at the Kampala Hub. She mentors and provides technical assistance and leadership to local youth groups. This was my conversation with Juliana. Enjoy. Hi. Hi. 
we are talking about imposter syndrome and you know we're going to cover a bit of self-love and finding your purpose especially as someone who has multiple interests like you know the struggle is real some of us are everywhere <laughs> we want to be we want to be artists like yeah exactly so you are doing a lot of volunteer work my dear i am i am and i love it i love it yeah um it it goes back to being multi-passionate um it really does allow me to play in a different space in a way that i guess is acceptable but that is um Mm -hmm. a little bit more flexible so you know sometimes when you're in a job setting and a a bit more of a structured setting um, people are always looking to what's your background what you know what's your educational background what's your professional background um, and not so much you know there's a little bit of like what are your passions and things like that but um, I I think like volunteering is a a great outlet to share a little Mm. bit of the things that you're passionate about in a little bit more of a flexible way. And um, yeah, so I love it. And I love young people. I I like that perspective, like to use volunteering to do the things that you're also interested in. That's that's, a good idea. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What has been your journey to here, to working, you know, with Exca? I will get this wrong, Exaco. <laughs> but you know, what's your profession like? What? It, how did you decide on what your passions are, and what you finally decided to um, go study? You know, what has been your journey? Okay, so for me, um, I've always been really good at languages, right? So growing up, and my cousin for some weird way, is a linguist, right? And then I heard yeah. this, and I was like, oh my gosh, I can actually do this. I'm going to be a linguist. And that's what I, I wanted to be when I, when I was growing up. And then I had a very personal encounter with my own health. And um, I, was, um, I was in a developed country. And when the time came, well, when the time came for me to come back to the continent, um, they were like, oh my gosh, don't do it. We don't think you're going to make it. Like you basically, you're going back home to die. That's what they were saying. Wow. Sorry? What is the condition? May I ask? Uh, Yeah, I I had like a neurological, there was something in my... um, in my brain and they couldn't quite figure out what I basically I was undiagnosed. So they were saying okay. you're leaving us without being able to say, Hey, I either have a tumor. I have, well, there was a growth there and nobody knew exactly why, how it got there, why it was there and what it meant in the future. So they said, well, if you're going to leave, you know, you're basically not going to make it in Uganda. Like you're just basically going to go back and die and you shouldn't go. They're not going to be able to help you. And I was just like, listen, I need to get home. Okay. And so I came back home because that was also really important to me. And obviously I didn't die. So that was nice. But that's when my, um, something, it it clicked in my mind that I want to work in health. I want to change that perception. And if that is real in some settings and in some contexts, I want to make that, I want to make a difference in that space. Now I'm not a doctor. So I started playing in the healthcare field, learning as much as I could. Um, And really my journey has been 
trying to make a difference and um, give equal opportunities uh, and better people's lives in the continent um, using health. And it all starts with health. No matter how much you empower somebody, no matter how much you you give or you educate and all of those things, ultimately, if a person's not healthy, they can't do anything with what you've given them. And so for me, it really was it felt like it was very important to play in that space, both personally and professionally. And so that's what I did. And that's where I've been. I've had, I've had various uh, roles in the space. And um, that's how I, I ended up in Exocop. And it was, it was quite interesting. I typically get this itch. And so um, the opportunity came to start this, this college of physicians. And I'm not a physician. I don't know anything about starting a college, but apparently I just seemed like a good choice to sort of start something from nothing. And so that's how I sort of happened upon the whole idea. And um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was perfect for me. I'm very passionate about young people. Like I said, I'm obviously passionate about health and I'm uh, passionate about education. And I think the three things together definitely are going to be the stepping stones for the growth of this continent. And so for me, it was a no brainer to just, you know, go ahead and try. And so here I am a couple of years later, um, we're in six countries um, operational officially in five and so it's been a it's a, been a very interesting and um a challenging journey but yeah so yeah that i hope yeah. that answered your question but that's how i got there nice so today we are specifically talking about imposter syndrome as our anchor topic and yeah. i think i just want you to explain for the viewers what is imposter syndrome okay so imposter syndrome is basically um a feeling a sense of doubt about your talent your capabilities your your um yeah your your talents your capabilities and basically having a space like the validity of the space that you occupy so it's it's pretty much a feeling just like any other but it can be extremely um consuming and overwhelming um, for a lot of people that it feels like it's some ways it feels like it's somewhat external like it it's outside of yourself but it's very much a feeling just like any other is how I would Mm. describe it yeah 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 so have you personally found yourself experiencing imposter syndrome oh my gosh yes coming on to this live I was just like what was I doing? What do I mean? I was, I've been playing Beyonce. I was like, listen, in the name of Beyonce, we shall be reflective and helpful in this conversation. I experienced it a lot. And I think um, it's something that people say particularly affects women. Um, and I think a lot of my, specifically, it's, it's, it's more prevalent in women, not that it doesn't happen for, but it tends to, to manifest quite a bit in women. Um, I think for myself personally, that's been my experience. I think also being um, having to occupy spaces where I am not the majority, I've experienced it quite a bit. Uh, being the youngest person in the room, sometimes being the only black person in the room, sometimes, you know, you know, in all different ways, I've experienced it at different levels throughout my life, whether personally or professionally. So, yeah, I have a lot of experience with imposter syndrome. Yeah. 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 But why do you think that women are more likely to experience imposter syndrome? 
I think it's because we've been told quite a bit that we can't. And I think also mm-hmm. when you look at what society looks like, society doesn't reflect back. I, I think we've made some great strides, but it doesn't reflect back a lot of, um, it doesn't reflect back as a space that we're, we're meant to occupy in many different ways, you know, whether it's um, in your personal life, in your professional life. So I feel like ultimately um, we're typically the minority in a lot of different spaces. So it tends to affect us um, a little bit uh, more than men. Also, men, honestly, are just quite bold in the way they move. And that's, again, because society reflects themselves back to them, is what Mm. I would say, yeah. Mm. But do you also think that they have been socialized to be more brave, you know, and more bold about their decisions? As opposed to, you know, when you're raising a little girl, it's like, you know, no, don't do that. Like, if you see them trying to climb a tree or something, no, 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 just come and play inside. You know what yeah. I mean? But boys yeah. be boys, go outside. So, you know, from a very young age, you're already used to, you know, being bold. This is what you do and this is what you don't do. I think that there definitely is elements of that. And it is, again, because... Um, it's what you see. Um, you can be what you, you haven't seen, but typically you are what you see. You are what, and, and sometimes your belief um, connects very directly to, to what you see and what you believe is possible. And for so long, for women, that, that sort of view has been quite limited. And I think um, up until recently, where we've been doing a lot of work in society, in homes, in different relationships, we've seen some of that uh, start to change. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Cause, and I think even there's some people that don't even realize that they are experiencing imposter syndrome, you know, because yeah. I, I think uh, when I think of imposter syndrome, I think of, you know, let's say there's a job up for offer um, and you could have the same qualifications, but a woman is going to talk herself down. The guy's like, I'll just try. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I don't have you know what I mean? But I, I almost feel that, you know, a lot of times women don't even know that there's this subconscious, um, you know, thing that's playing in their mind that's saying, no, you know, you, you can't do it. You're not worthy to do it or, you know. So what, what do you think, um, one, how do you think a woman can become more aware um, of whether she's experiencing, uh, you know, imposter syndrome, and then how would she be able to overcome it? Um, it's quite loud. Like imposter syndrome definitely announces itself when it's in the room. Like you definitely cannot, you you can't mistake it. And it's sometimes it's a little voice, sometimes a really loud voice, but it's definitely you cannot mistake that it's happening to you. I think one of the most important things to remember. Um, just like I said, it's a feeling like it's a feeling. And um, just like with any other feeling, you you sort of a lot of times people sit. I would say let it happen. Let it happen and then let it pass. Let it happen and let it pass. But um, also, I think imposter syndrome, if you don't if you don't get to recognize it and also understand what your personal triggers are as well, um, because just like with anything else, um, you know, 
you you can get triggered into feeling a certain kind of way, whether it's from feeding yes. off other people's energies, whether it's um, from your impurities and things like that. Um, you definitely also need to learn to understand um, what your triggers are, what are the scenarios that make you feel um, a little bit less than, and then start to work on those. But then ultimately for me, it's recognizing that it is a feeling and that it, it will pass. So let it happen to you and then just let it pass is what I would say. Mm, yeah. Um, again, it's a feeling. It's not the truth. If you've done the work, if you have prepared, if you are qualified, if you have applied and got in, that is the truth. The feeling you feel is the feeling. It is allowed to be there. It is allowed to be experienced, but it is not the truth. So believe the truth. The truth is you are worthy, you are capable, you are talented, and you're absolutely supposed to be at that table. Mm-hmm. I also think, um, I think in my experience when it comes to imposter syndrome, like you said, you know, when you're the only white person in the room, and that's literally almost like how we met. So <laughs> you were the only, I think yes. only two or three white people in the room. Big room. <laughs> you know, I think what also comes into play is comparison. You know, you start now making stories in your mind about the the other people in the room and oh they must have done this you don't even know their story you don't even know their qualifications but you 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 make a movie in your head oh they did this they they they, oh they are so fantastic and all of that and you start comparing comparing yourself and comparison for me is a killer um so i think you know just let it go that one is hard yeah yeah I feel like we all need to normalize being rejected. It's something that does feed into our imposter syndrome because you feel like you get this one, right? And you feel like, well, now that's a part of my identity. And so mm. when you, you catch that L, you're like, man, I knew it. Like, I, I knew it. I knew this was coming. You, you, you start to think of your um, say successes um, as one-dimensional. But again, mm. for me, it's about doing the work to one, understand what is success to you again? So is success, are the awards, are, is the recognition, is that your identity? Tying that to who you are as a person. Again, understand what your triggers are. Um, what is, you know, what do you understand your purpose to be? What do you understand um, your role to be in the different spaces that you occupy? I feel like a lot of the time as well, um, like you said, you're comparing. You're seeing somebody else as the CEO. I mean, we have a bunch of McKinsey guys. People are 60. People at the at the height of their career, and we're over here, twenty something, black. You know, twenty something year old black women who are just passionate about this thing that we are a part of and we just want to make a difference and we are looking at these people who have their own race, have their own purpose and have their own reasoning for being a part of the same thing. And so I think it's also about one, what's your identity? I think also it's very, very much tied to um, how would you describe yourself? Sometimes you ask people, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself. And you can typically tell, you know, um, if it's a woman, typically, you know, Okay, let me not, let me not stereotype. Juliana, I had to catch myself there. But, you know, traditionally, oh, it's the family. You want to feel, you're, you're trying to present yourself in this 
feminine, soft, lightweight, like light, lightweight, and because that's the way that you know we're taught that you should, and that's that's the most acceptable way. And so, um, I think identity is a really big um, fuel a lot a lot of imposter syndrome comparison, a lot of imposter syndrome. So yeah. Yeah, I think, you know what I would add to rejection is just the whole concept of failure as well, you know. Um, I think in general, um, our African society right now has a very, very um, bad relationship with failure. And we don't look at failure as something that we learn from. We look at failure as something that is, is final, you know. It's like, oh, this is the end of the world. Um, I can never recover from this but really we should be looking at failure as something that we can learn from something that we can improve on something that you know is actually a positive experience from us because we know that next time we're not going to do it that way you know but I think you know along with rejection failure is also quite close to that yeah again what the same way that what success means to you what is failure Failure to me is just a redirection. It's just a pit stop. But then again, mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's, it, it seems like an easy thing to say. And I mean, I wasn't always like this. It does take mm-hmm. understanding what your end goal is and what you want to do. And again, you know, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but, but having multiple passions, I feel like in some ways has made me a little bit resilient because I'm like, well, you know what? I have to learn. I have to, like, my end goal is my end goal, but how I'm going to get there is not probably going to look exactly the way I want it to look. So for me, some of those L's are just saying, yo, go left, go right, stop here, take a breather, reassess, and keep it moving. Um, I think, again, my idea of success is... um, is a little bit separate to who I am as a person. So for me, uh, failure, you know, to me is just another way of moving it's just another way of moving to ultimately get to that goal where i can live life on my own terms Mm. girl after the year we just had i know as an entrepreneur and a leader things got real lonely really fast Uncertainty has become the order of the day and yet we must continue to not only survive but thrive. So as a leader, who do you turn to to fill your cup, to give you inspiration, to teach you and to mentor you? We have created a community just for this very reason, to support each other, to hold each other accountable and to be each other's cheerleaders. This group is called the Africana Woman Visionaries because we're looking past the storm and are focused on the vision we have for our companies and the African continent. Join the Africana Woman Visionaries free Facebook group to learn more. Now back to the conversation. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, having multi-passions. I think, you know, with especially with our education system, what I find is most common is, you know, you have to go and do that one course. So, you know, it could be the typicals, engineering, doctor, lawyer, and all of that kind of stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're not really given that opportunity to explore other things. And I am assuming you went to a liberal arts school. Did you? Yeah. 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 I did. So if you're not familiar to- with, <laughs> right? 
<laughs> if you're not familiar with the liberal arts, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> it is basically um uh you know a university or you know that level that allows you to that encourages you to explore other um disciplines so yes your your uh, main focus could be for example um architecture that was mine but i had to do the languages i had to do the sciences i had to do all these other things and it makes you more well rounded and then it also allows you to explore because you know maybe you come into it especially as young people you come into the university and you think oh this is what i really want to do but when you do explore other avenues you might find that you are actually more passionate about those things you know so that's basically the premise of a liberal arts school but that's not necessarily found in um african universities it's like you go in you're going in for that one major and then that's it so tell us a little bit more about you know being multi passionate um what has your experience been um so i absolutely do, I, i absolutely um agree with you i think um going to a liberal arts college is probably what like set it off even further for me because you just have so much more choice and i think also um the environment really does encourage you to expand and explore beyond what your initial scope uh might have been i feel like for me it was something that really did um shape my journey and probably made it in my mind a little bit okay to be multi multi passionate i think i've also been very lucky that my parents were are quite open minded uh, like i said i was like i want to be a linguist then the next day i was like be this and i want to be that and so i think again our environments and in the way that the conversations that we have um and the spaces that we occupy obviously um mold and shape how we experience life and so i think for me it did play a very big factor in um making it okay to be multi-passionate. And so for me, I I'm not I'm not tied so much into the idea of specializing in one in one thing or being, you know, feeling like my is just uh one dimensional that I'm on this earth or in this space to be only this kind of person. Um but I think again, yeah, it was cultivated from when I was much younger, but also the spaces that I've been lucky to occupy have have cultivated that in my in in my own personal life and again i think that's what has helped um lead me to the idea again of what i said success is for me success for me is freedom um in multiple different ways it's the freedom to say i want to live on this continent change this continent and if i want to i want to have conversations at a global level i want to be able to stand on world stages i want to be able to um participate in bettering the world but i choose to do it from this from this space again like i said um once you define what 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 success is for you and what um what success is for you and what opportunity is and once you also start to understand what privilege is um all these things can also help you you know can all be part of your arsenal in fighting you know this imposter syndrome because you're going to occupy spaces that you actually are not meant to to occupy and that's going to feed your imposter syndrome and you just have to be ready and and, and you just have to be ready to face that ultimately 
Yeah, yeah. So what would you say to somebody who has got so many interests but sort of feels confused about what am I supposed to pursue? What should I, um, you know, what is the thing that I should be working on? Should I go after all these things at one time? Like, what would you say to that kind of person who has so many interests? They they don't even know what to do with themselves. Well, first of all, you have to be practical. You can't go after everything. You're going to get exhausted. So um, I'll give the example like I did uh, for myself. I decided, okay, I have multiple passions. And what's the thing I, what's the, you know, what's the passion that I want to fill um, my nine to five billable hours with? And then what are the other spaces through my volunteering work or or otherwise that I can occupy and help, you know, cultivate the other passions and purposes that I have in my life. So I think it's also about taking stock. I think we get quite confused about the things we like, the things we love, and the things we're passionate about. And I think um, putting those putting those things in place for yourself um, will help you answer that. Okay. So the things we like and the things we love... absolutely yeah i think there's also an element of um prioritizing you know uh, and which is what you're saying like uh not everything can happen right now (laughs) and everything uh you know i believe even certain things happen in different seasons so you know maybe this time you can be playing golf at another in maybe another five years maybe golf isn't the right thing you should be doing, you know? So just looking at, okay, what is my priority in this time and space that I'm in? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's also an element of um, humility. It's not, Mm. not everything that you, you love, not everything that you're passionate about needs you to be front and center. And I think you need to have honest conversations about, okay, if this was the race, who am I, you know, who am I in the race? Am I running the race? Am I um, training somebody to run the race? Am I, you know, am I at the finish line? Am I, you know, cheering people on? Um, you, You also have to also understand, you know, what your role can and should be. I don't think that everything that you're passionate about needs you to be friends and have an honest conversation um, to say, I might be passionate about, um, you know, recycling. So am I going to go out and start a recycling, you know, organization? No, I'm not. Maybe I'm just going to make sure that in my house we recycle. In my neighborhood, we recycle. In my family, we recycle. I think um, a lot of people get overwhelmed by this feeling of passion and feels like and feel like they have to explore it in a certain kind of way for it to mean something. And I think um, Mm -hmm. it just goes back to the humility to understand, is that your race to run? And if it is, like, how are you supposed to run it? If you're even supposed to run it, maybe you're supposed to train the runner again. Um, So yeah, that that would be it for me. Also, you can't do everything, honestly. And um, you can't do everything and you should not do everything because the minute you do that, then you're taking the space away from somebody else who perhaps it is their role to step into into that space and occupy it in the way that you might otherwise be. Um, That's why, you know, I, I think all these conversations about leadership, Ooh, I'm going down the wrong path. But anyway, you know, governance and leadership and everything that we see in the continent today, um, 
it's all humility. It's about, yes, you, you want to see the change, but is it, is it your change to see at that particular, at that table, at that, in that way? Um, and so again, what do you like? What do you love? Um, what is your purpose? Um, and I think purpose is not a static thing. Um, but I think once you understand this is what I'm here to do, you can translate that into many different things. And that can also have um, an impact into how you um, somewhat section your passion. So I'll use myself. Um, I believe that my purpose in life is to better strengthen and to lift up this continent. That's what I believe my purpose is. That's what I think I was born to do and I do. Now, the yeah. spaces which I've chosen to live out that purpose happen to be in health, happen to be in young people and the development of young people and happen to be in education. And so if you look at path, if you charter it, it's typically along those lines. Yeah, I love the example you gave about, you know, you know, recycling, like, you know, are you going to start that business, that recycling business, or are you going to do it in your personal life? And I think, especially like in a movement like ours with Unitable Colleges, you know, where there's this huge goal of world peace, you know what I mean? So, and you yeah. find that people kind of go away feeling disappointed that they were not that person in the front line, they were not that person in the... Um, um, on the headline news doing this big thing and all of that but I think what you said it gives you you know you're giving yourself grace because you're doing what you can in your capacity and you're not you don't like you said you don't have to do everything you you do what you can yes you're passionate about the recycling or you know whatever it is but if you don't have to do something I think a lot of people end up you know uh, putting too much pressure on themselves and, um, you know, feeling bad about it and or guilty or, you know, whatever it is um, because they're not doing that big thing in that particular, you know, interest. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, yeah I mean, for me, it's just going to go back to what you think success is. If you think success needs to be, you know, your name, you know, it needs to be you on the board. If you think that success needs to be um, your name, if you think that you need to, you know, go out like RBG, if you think that, you know, you know, I'm just going to say people shame who've passed away recently, but are at the top of our mind, you know, Senator John Lewis, if you think you need to be Nelson Mandela, um, then that's who you think you need to be. But at the end of the day, is that going to further the agenda? Is that going to do more for what? Is that going to do more for others or is it going to do more for you? Yeah. Have, yeah. have the honest conversation. You go in there as well, though. Like, is it about your ego or is it about the agenda? agenda. <laughs> yeah. No, right? ego is a big one. I mean, ego. Ego is a big one, but again, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but it's like, what are you, like, who, like, what are you, um, how are you measuring yourself? And if you, if, if you have certain criteria, then those, those kinds of accolades and that kind of way of being can 
can feel like success for you and can feel like you're moving in the right way. And so it, it just goes back to how you identify or you delineate um, different parts of your life is what I think. Um, so let's explore the topic of purpose because, you know, I think purpose right now is one of those um, terms that's become popular and everybody throws it around, you know, do your purpose, explore your purpose, uh, yeah. live your purpose. And I mean, for you, what is purpose? How would you define it? Purpose, I feel like, um, is what you ultimately feel that you were created, what, what do you feel you were created to do? And I feel like that is such a cop-out because that's really, really, you know, quite general. But I, I, I just like when you look back and if you had to strip away everything for your life and if you had to question, um, you know, if you had to look back and explain your life's decisions and the way that you move and the way that you occupy the space that you have on earth, what has been that thread? What has been that guiding light throughout for you? Um, I think that's what purpose is. Um, and it can seem general, but it's really quite an, a, a, an honest and personal conversation that you need to have with yourself. Because no, I can't tell you what your purpose is. You can't tell me what uh, my purpose is. Um, like I said, I feel like my purpose is absolutely 100% tied to this continent in the bettering of this continent. Um, I don't feel like I need to be a president to see that come through. I don't feel like I need to be in government. I don't feel like I need to be at a certain level, but I feel like if I can go out being known for that and feeling like I, I honored this, this space in that way, then I'm good. I'm good. Even if I have, you know, I mean, some money would be nice, but you know, even if I had a decent amount, if, if, if I can look back and say, you know what, um, in this specific, in this specific area, this continent is better for it because I was there that I'm good. Like I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Because again, like going back to the personal story that I told, um, you know, with the same doctors, you know, and I'm, you know, being alive and for them to have thought, yeah, you could, you're just going to go back home and die. That for me, I feel like is a step also again in my purpose. I feel like I changed something in somebody else's mind about this continent, about what's, what we are capable of doing and how we are able, able to be self-sufficient and to be progressive and to be um, a healing continent and not a continent of like absolute you know, death and destruction. So I feel like in different spaces in my life, um, I see my purpose constantly coming back to remind myself, um, coming back to me to remind myself of, of what exactly it is. And again, it's, it, it's, it's very different for everyone. I think your passions can change. Your purpose can't change. You know what you were born to do. Honestly, you know what you were born to do. For some people, it's um, being a mother. And again, you know, changing a life. And that is like no small feat. For other people, it is, um, you know, changing the judicial system, changing the education system. It is, you know, making a lot of, you know, money. Purpose is different for everyone. Um, if you at the end of the day can say that, that, that ideology or that belief system has guided the way you've moved through life, I feel like you're on the right path. I mean, 
Mm-hmm. And none of us can say one's passion wrong. I mean, purchased what it is to them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we spoke about um, imposter syndrome and we also spoke about being multi-passionate and, you know, when you don't really know what you are, um, what you should focus on or, you know, what you should pursue. I love the example that Juliana gave in terms of, you know, you don't always have to do everything as Um, you know, if you're passionate about four things, not all four things have to be uh, your money generating income or job um, type of activity, but you can also volunteer in things that you're passionate about. So we also spoke about, um, we also spoke about what is success to you and you defining what success is for yourself. And a lot of what Juliana was speaking about was having being self-reflective being um you know sitting down with yourself and just saying what is it that i really consider as a success in my life what is it that i really consider as a um as something that i should be pursuing what is my purpose so in terms of purpose, um, Juliana very um, eloquently put it as, you know, your passions can change, but your purpose doesn't change. Your purpose will come through in the different things that you you do, but it doesn't change. So I, I really love that about what she said. So do you have any last words for the Africana women out there? Um, honestly, guys, go out there, be bold. Um, you're waiting for someone and we're all waiting for you. So just go out there, occupy that space, occupy it boldly, um, occupy it unashamedly, because honestly, um, you are your best bet. Um, everybody you see around you who you think can do it better than you, smarter than you, faster than you. Maybe they can, but you're your best bet. So take a bet on yourself. Um, it'll always pay off. And even when it doesn't pay off, it's paying off in a, you know, it's a lesson. It's a redirection. Um, one thing I think, especially in this COVID uh, time, I think everybody just take the time to to get to understand yourself, know yourself on a deeper level. I think one thing that's become very, very evident is that as people, we need to go back to um, learning how to self-soothe. If you watch babies, sometimes when they cry, they can calm themselves down. They can bring themselves um, back towards themselves. And I think that's something I really, really want to encourage everybody to do. Just tap back, you know, tap into your inner child, learn to self-soothe because that's what gets you through the high highs. That's what gets you through the low lows when you start looking inward and not so much outward um that's when you find a grounding that is um that's unshakable that's honestly unshakable relationships um can be fickle they can be short-term long-term and um just just learn to be your own sense of comfort and i think you know you can get through anything like that Mm. yeah Mm. That's lovely. Yeah. That's lovely. So how can people reach you? How can they reach out to you? Thank you for having me. Um, well, I'm on Instagram. My handle is um, shout out to Huma Sekela, acapella um, underscore Stimela. Um, I'm not so active anymore on Twitter, but I'm on Twitter. 
And yeah, I tend to be quite vocal on this space. I occupy, I occupy my Instagram quite loudly um, about the things that matter to me, not just pretty pictures. So yeah, if somebody wants to connect, I'm, I'm always answering DMs. I'm always in DMs, hyping other women. So yeah, probably Instagram is anyone's best bet. That's awesome. That's awesome. So thank you. I need to say this again, just in case you missed it. Imposter syndrome is a feeling. Feelings are not the truth. Trust the truth. I hope you also caught all the lessons around purpose, identity, ego, and humility. Certainly one of my favorite takeaways was the analogy that Juliana gave about being able to recognize what role you are playing in a race. We all love to be studying, guys. <laughs> Yet, sometimes your role is to train the runner. You could be the cheerleader on the sidelines. You could be the timekeeper. You could be the first aid. Girl, there is any number of roles that you could be playing in a race except the runner. It takes great maturity to accept what your role is in that race. We cannot all be studying. I'm sorry, love. Is there an area in your life where you are trying to force yourself to be the center of attention when you know you really should not be occupying that space? Please ask yourself that today. And bringing it back to the imposter syndrome, this is a feeling that will come up. It's not if, it's when. But you are the one that has to be prepared to move past it. You are worthy, honey. You deserve what you worked hard to get. Let yourself shine. Please find Juliana on Instagram at acapella underscore Stimela. Tell her you heard her on the Africana Woman podcast and show her some love. <laughs> Thank you so much for making us a part of your day by listening in. I truly appreciate you. Please help me get the word out about the Africana Woman podcast. All you have to do is take a screenshot of this episode and post it on your social media stories. Don't forget to tag me at Chulu by Design. I love to see your feedback. Now, you know my playground is Instagram. If you want to chat with me personally, drop me a line. So until next week, I want you to remember, know your roots, grow your this has been a production of Ulendo Creative Media. You can find out more about their services on www.ulendocreative.com.